0: pulpit podcast all right hello everybody and welcome to the pats pulpit podcast i am alex shane here breaking down week nine in the nfl of my good buddy rich hill patriots beat the colts 26 to 3 in yet another nonsensical week in the nfl (laughs) rich hill Have you seen that movie Fight Club with Brad Pitt and Edward Norton? Oh, yeah. You know that scene in Fight Club where Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, they're driving in this blinding rain, and there are two guys in the back, and Brad Pitt kind of just lets go of the steering wheel, and the car drifts off the highway, and there's a huge crash. And the whole thing is a total mess. Remember that? Scene? <laughs> yeah, and I can see where you're going with this. Uh, I have officially let go of the driving wheel, the steering wheel that is the 2022 season from the Patriots and the rest of the league. I am completely letting go. I am going to just enjoy whatever the hell happened because the Bills lost to the Jets. Yes, last uh, this past Sunday, the Packers are terrible. The Rams barely lost to the Buccaneers. The Jaguars and the Raiders was like a barn burner. The Vikings in the, like, nothing makes any sense. I'm out. I am washing my hands of the (laughs) sheep along for the
1: ride. So I hope you're ready to do most of the work here because I give up. You, so you're telling me you didn't have the Titans pushing the Chiefs into overtime <laughs> and that the Raiders would blow a 17 point lead to the Jaguars, that the Lions would beat the Packers uh, and that Justin Fields is actually finally figuring it out or that the coaching staff of the Bears have decided that, you know, he's a very good athlete. So, like, let him be an athlete. Uh, and they just contended with the Dolphins. You're telling me you didn't have all of this figured out.
0: The only thing that made sense about this last
1: week was the Falcons found a new creative way to lose football. <laughs> yes. No, we can always trust the Falcons. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, man, this, this is a wild week. I'm excited that the Patriots are in their bye right now because I feel like I need some time to assess what's been going on both around the league and with this Patriots team. Uh, we've had a lot of venting sessions around this team, and I, I'm at a point where I'm like, confused a little bit with what's going on with this year because the Patriots for everything they're on, they've won four out of their past five games. They are uh, five and four. They're not, they're like very much in the playoff race. I feel like this team doesn't have a shot. Like I I feel like this is a team that uh, you need to break down this coaching staff that the offensive players just aren't it that like they're wasting the talent on defense despite the fact that like they're pretty much exactly where we thought they'd be at this point in the year
0: they are i feel like we all had them at six and three coming into the bye with losses to the packers dolphins and ravens and then beating everybody else the bears and maybe the five and four because there's always that one anomalous game where the patriots blow a game they shouldn't have won they should have lost or whatever and but like so five and four Dead last in the AFC East, which is ironic because the Buccaneers are four and five and first in the AFC um, <laughs> So it's just one of those things. We should be more optimistic because this defense is so good and they're above 500 coming into the bye, which is all you can really ask for. But, you know, looking at this Colts game, the Colts offense stinks. Yep. Um, stinks. There's really no way around that. Credit the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is great. I want to talk about them a little bit, but let's start with this Patriots offense, Rich. I watched this team play offensively and it legit... I think I've said it before on past podcasts. It's almost like they have like a play wheel on the sidelines, and they spin yeah. it every single down. Like, well, all right, the the dial landed on a draw play to, on second and twenty-five, so that's what we're gonna run. Oh, it's it's third and two let's do an RPO out to Hunter Henry for, for no gain. There's no continuity, like the play calls and the down and distance make no sense. There's no kind of rhythm to the drives. They're just like throwing darts at the chart and it really shows. And other than Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, who are having good seasons,
1: it's just, it's painful to watch. Oh, I, I completely agree. It feels like they've uh, given up on trying to score touchdowns too. Cause it's just like, Nick Folk, what can you do? If you can't do it, then uh, we got nothing. And like outside of those like two drives with Bailey Zappi against the Bears, uh, and like you know the two weeks with Zappi against the the Lions and Browns, this offense has looked disheveled. They've looked identityless. Uh, they have far too much talent on this team to be producing so poorly, even with their offensive line tru- struggles, which like. Is another point of like talent not living up to its expectation and not living up to its potential. Cause like we've seen Trent Brown be a top tier tackle on the Patriots. We've seen Michael and Wayne, who like obviously is like still playing well, but like we've seen players like even Isaiah Wynn has played like average uh with the patriots and yet all of a sudden brown is not being consistent win is playing terribly and has been benched uh the whole debacle around the patriots trading away shack mason and selecting cole strange in the first round feels like another complete waste and mismanagement david andrews is injured and he's really showing like over the past couple of weeks how much the team misses him uh this team has too much talent on the offensive line Ah, uh, to have it be producing like the worst offensive line in the entire year. This is not the 2014, 2015 Patriots with Guglielmo. Like they should be in a better situation, but I think that that is due to the coaching staff being terrible. And then you look at the uh, offensive skill players. Devontae Parker is having the worst year of his career since like his rookie season outside of his 2018 season where he was just like injured the whole time. Hunter Henry is having the worst year of his career. Nelson Aguilar is having the worst year of his career since his first or second season. Kendrick Bourne is having the least productive year of his career. Jonu Smith is, ha- uh, you know, doing the same as last year, which we can all admit was a complete bust of a season. And Damian Harris is having his worst year since he's been on the team uh, or since he's been a contributor. Outside of Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, every other offensive skilled player is playing, is just not producing in a way that like they've historically done. And in my mind, that's not any individual player's fault. This rests entirely on a failure of the coaching staff.
0: What's weird about it is that, you know, in in years past, Patriots teams have had weaknesses either at the offensive line like a 2015 team which was really bad at their offensive line they've had no deep threat in years past they've had no running game in years past they've had no like number one receiver they've had areas where there's a glaring hole in the offense somewhere but the coaching staff I mean having Tom Brady obviously helped but the coaching staff found ways to scheme around it quick wide receiver screens outs and slants um you know run the ball a lot whatever it is they'd find ways to exploit the strengths and minimize the weaknesses and we're just not seeing that with this team now it has to be coaching staff first and foremost but I I guess, and it's not the talent levels that bad. It just isn't. And there's no world beaters on this team. Ramondre is becoming one of the best running backs in the league, and that, that's good to see. But other than Ramondre Stevenson, there isn't like a, like a dominant, massive, awesome player, but there's some really good players, and I've always been of the opinion that I will take a team of good players than a mediocre team with a couple great players. That is a formula for winning in the NFL. You're not really going to have a one player than everyone will with Randy Moss, for example, right? So it's just, it doesn't really make any sense and, Offensive line is an issue, but also Rich. I mean, again, I, this, I don't know if this is a coaching thing or just a quarterback thing, but Mac Jones mm-hmm. is decision making bad, and it's very slow. He's zeroing in on Jacoby Myers, and then really slowly, almost as slowly as I'm talking right now, looking through his other progressions. And now he's <laughs> and you just have to wonder if it's scenario where he's just kind of the game is is kind of caught up to him a little bit and he's having trouble adjusting which is a coaching thing if it's he's so used to being under pressure all the yep. time from the offensive line he's seeing ghosts and he's kind of uh, getting in his own head a little bit it's probably a combination of that um but you know when you have a, a coaching staff that can't adjust an offensive line that can't stop anything and a quarterback who's felt the effects of that offensive line being so bad for so long you get uh what i think you pointed before the podcast is a, a bottom 10
1: offense in the league Yep, no totally and i, I mean i think that uh it's it's not that Mac Jones is seeing ghosts either. I think that's like the biggest thing is that you know last week against the Jets, he faced the most pressure of his entire career, uh, and none of it was fabricated. It was all very real. Uh, he, when he it's at it's at a point where like okay at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. He was making bad choices. He was absolutely throwing risky balls, 50-50 jump balls that like the Patriots just weren't coming down with. Uh, part of that is just due to like offensive like play drops and like they just haven't been maximizing the talent that the team has. But like a lot of it was also Mac Jones executing poorly. No question about it. I think since he's come back from his injury, well, obviously, like, they benched him against the Bears because he wasn't, like, playing well. Um, But against the Jets and the Colts, he has legitimately been facing pressure or just not having time in the pocket uh, just because of how poorly the offensive line has been playing. And so, like, I think it's a mix of two things. One, I think that the coaching staff, and, like, this is what we were all asking for, is that the Patriots were like, okay, Mac, like, let's pare down the offense a little bit. We don't want you throwing it, you know, 60 yards down the field like you were the first few weeks and just handing the ball back to the other team. Those were low percentage plays. And like, that's not how we are going to succeed this year. But like, look at what we did with Bailey Zappi. We, you know, threw it to the running backs. We got the tight ends involved. We got, you know, Jacoby Myers in space. We got all these players. We had this motions and, and like, let's try and do something more similar to what we're doing with Bailey Zappi with just like, Getting the ball out, simplifying it, getting you in a rhythm. And unfortunately, despite the Patriots like making that adjustment, say, like, all right, Mac, let's let's bring back the offense. Let's make you like throw shorter down the field, the offensive line has all of a sudden just decided to be the worst form it could possibly be. And therefore, uh, you're hundred percent right in my mind that you look at how uh Mac Jones is not going through his progressions anymore. He's essentially just looking at Jacoby Myers. And if Myers is not available, it goes to Ramondre Stevenson. That's like the entire offense. And it's something that's just completely not sustainable. Um, But like, it's just something that this is what the Patriots are doing. This is all the Patriots have left at their disposal, uh, and, and I don't see any adjustments coming from this coaching staff because like unless the offensive line can fix itself, and even if the offensive line fixes itself, I don't think we've seen anything from the coaching staff that shows they know how to use Mac Jones or put him in a position to succeed.
0: Let me ask you, Hill. how much of a factor is the loss of David Andrews in this whole thing? I mean, the center is the quarterback of the offensive line. Cole Strange's regression is directly linked to David Andrews. I'm sure David Andrews helped give him some blocking assignments, told him what he needed to do. Cole Strange was having a a phenomenal rookie season prior to Andrews being out. There's definitely a correlation there. Andrews isn't gone for the year. Hopefully he'll be back after the bye week. I don't see him as some kind of like, you know, Gandalf writing in on shadow back, <laughs> the coming kind of situation, but I would imagine the return of David
1: Andrews will add some more solidarity to that offensive line and make things a little bit better. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think he'll definitely help. I think he'll definitely be able to contribute. Um, will he solve everything? I doubt it. Uh, I think Andrews is great. He'll help settle down the the left guard position, which has just been terrible because both like, I mean, this is a new spot for Wynn in his fifth year in the NFL and Cole strange is a rookie. And so like they need support from the center position. And so Andrews will undeniably help them. Um, and, like, it'll help Onwenu, who can, like, go help Kahuste or whoever's going to be playing right tackle, because right now he's like, I have to also help Ferentz at center. Like, we have three weak points on the offensive line, where if you bring back David Andrews, then you have, uh, you know, two savvy veterans in Onwenu and Andrews that can help the the two remaining weak spots. And so, like, it'll definitely help. Um, but I, I think that it's... I kind of feel like the coaching staff is breaking Mac Jones. Like, I, I kind of feel like that's what's happening. Like o- over the past two weeks, Patriots have uh, caught, you know, he, Mac Jones has thrown 65 passes, uh, 33 of them, over half of them have just gone to Jacoby Myers and, and Ramondre Stevenson. And like that, that just to me is indicating that this coaching staff, like even if they do have issues on the offensive line, uh, the the problem runs deeper it runs deeper with regards to a mismanagement of talent with regards to not understanding how to maximize the players on the field. Uh, The fact that yes, Kendrick Bourne has not been playing well when given the opportunities, but like they haven't even allowed him to get into a rhythm that there's just a continued failure to use the tight ends. Uh, And this has been two years in a row now, if not longer, because I know they didn't have tight ends before Hunter Henry and John Smith, but like this team has suddenly forgotten how to use tight ends despite having Rob Gronkowski's, like all of his plays still available. This is a team that like is so far behind on coaching calls. Uh, You, you look at just like what they've been playing for Uh, in the first half, they had 13 first downs, 10 of them were run plays. Uh, They got, you know, 16 yards on a first and 20, which is like fine, but that just also means that on the other nine uh, eight plays or nine plays they got like eight yards. Like this is a a team that is intentionally setting up second and long and putting Mac Jones in a position to fail. And unless the coaching staff can figure out all of their issues and like honestly, I don't see that if they just keep Matt Matricia in his role, they need to get someone who actually knows how to call an offense to to figure this out.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. Yeah, I mean, it's like a run play, but it's stuffed, an incompletion, and a sack. I mean, those are probably your three most common plays for a Patriots offense. And it's really too bad, too, because, I mean, the way this defense is playing, again, the Colts aren't great, but you don't register nine sacks if you're not a good defense. The way the Colts, the Patriots defense is playing, I completely lost track of how many times this season, Colts game and otherwise, where either due to the special teams play, a good return, or an interception, or knocking the offense back, forcing a short punt. New England has started in opposing territory, immediately gone three and out, and either if they're lucky enough to have gotten inside the 35, a Nick Folk field goal, or a punt right back to the the goal line, and around and around we go. A defense this good, it's really hard to be as, I guess, negative as you and I are being when your defense is this good, because all you really need with a defense of this quality is like, uh, Trent Dilfer on the Ravens in 2000. Just like throw a couple of completions and move the ball. The defense will do the rest. Peyton Manning in 2015, that offense wasn't great. You just need like some level of competence and just score a touchdown once in a while. Um, and we're, we're just not seeing that. And I don't think we're wasting the defense in that, in that like they're all going to be gone next year. Most of the guys are coming back, which is nice. But it still always really sucks when you have one unit that's so far ahead of the other one. And the offense just can't give anything to the defense to make the job any easier.
1: Totally. I mean, this is like a top five defense. This is a very good defense. I know that they've played like really bad offense. I mean, like the Colts fired their offensive coordinator last week. And so like, obviously, and they're playing a rookie quarterback. There's it's not a good situation in Indianapolis, but this is a, an elite Patriots defense here. And they're not allowed to like operate well. Cause this offense can't do anything. Like this is a team like remove Jonathan Jones's touchdown. Like, this is uh 19 yards from the offense including a touchdown that they scored when they started on the 2 yard line of the Colts thanks to a special teams block like this is a team that for 3 weeks in a row has just been wildly inept and over the past 2 weeks too yes they've turned the ball over once but like you can't point to that as the problem against the bears they had four turnovers like when your offense has just hands the ball over then like okay maybe it's just not your day this is a team that just has failed to show any consistency uh and I, I don't see them really figuring it out. My question to you, Alec, is if you are you know if you were placed in charge of this Patriots offense, how would you fix it? well, I would scheme around what weaknesses
0: and use the strengths and unfortunately, the strength of this team is and should be the running game. however, when your offensive line kind of stinks, you really can't do that. So what I would actually do, I think the Patriots did this a lot when the offensive line was bad in 2015, is they used a lot of quick screens to wide receivers, a lot of very short slant passes. I mean, how many how many two-step drops in a quick slant to Devontae Parker have we seen this season? One? Two? I mean, how many times did Tom Brady throw the ball immediately to Edelman or David Givens or Deion Branch or Wes Welker right at the line of scrimmage, the guy makes a move, picks up six yards, and suddenly second and four? Passing game can be the running game, and if you can get those little quick slants, quick releases on game film and force defensive coordinators to plan for it, they'll stop stuffing eight guys in the box and will allow Ramondre Stevenson to start running a lot more, and then then the play action can actually work, and they can finally take a deep shot to Saquon Thornton, which happened once against the Colts, and it was an overthrow, which I was fine with. I'm glad to see it out there. Uh, I think there are creative ways to get the skilled players involved, and we're just not doing it. We're not seeing it. And I think at this point I've completely given up on Ty Montgomery every returning. I've heard nothing about it. There's no third down back coming. There's no cavalry in terms of that. That's a huge loss, I think, in my uh, opinion from the Patriots' perspective. But I want to see getting the balls in the hands of the skilled players very quickly, allowing them to use their talents behind the line of scrimmage two yards in to make a guy miss, to break a tackle, set up a second and manageable, and then get the run game back going again. Because we cannot just give the ball to Ramondre on on first down, have him lose two yards an incompletion on second down, third and 12, and you run a draw play for six yards and punt. That's just not the effective way to do it. So if you're not able to get the hands into your receivers, uh, the ball into receivers' hands on a slant or a crosser, get it to them right away, right off the line. The offensive line can block for half a second. They are capable <laughs> of it. So get the ball out fast and allow your skill players to work. I don't see why they want to at least give that a shot.
1: I, I completely agree. I mean, I think uh, Mike Reese of ESPN – uh tweeted out the fact that like i think the patriots in the rushing game have had 24 plays over the last two weeks that have gone for zero or fewer yards 24 uh which is wildly inexcusable and it's just such a, a a showing that the patriots need to adjust and exactly what you said uh this is where the james whites of the world also would just like stand out where it's like okay uh Dump it off quickly, and they don't have that player on the roster right now. Unless we think that like JJ Taylor could do that, and I, I don't think that that would be a reasonable expectation. But it, it seems like to me, there are players on this team that if you give them the ball in their hands quickly, they can be that extension. Like let Jonu Smith run something other than a screenplay. Let him run a quick out. Uh, have him set offset from like uh, you know Hunter Henry in front of him. Have Jonu Smith offset and just have him run into the flat. Like he, he can just get five yards that way. That'll be a much better thing than putting Stevenson up for negative one yards. You have Kendrick Bourne. Use him on a low crosser. He's always at his best when you give him a little bit of space to run and then he'll, you know, make five, six yards, but it only seems like they're giving him targets when it's second or third and long. And they're trying to give it to him short of the sticks without any momentum. Uh, you, you look at all of these players on this Patriots, and it seems like outside of Jacoby Myers, They have like three plays that they have for each of them. Like with Aguilar, it's like, well, you have your go route. And then you have like a hitch and like with, uh, Hunter Henry, it's like, you got your seam route. And then maybe we'll give you like a short out route. Devontae Parker will give you the back shoulder throw or the go route. Like, like, it doesn't seem like this coaching staff has the, like an ability to draw a dynamic offense. And like to what you said at the very beginning of this podcast, uh, it seems like they're just throwing darts at the board here and being like, "All right, well, yeah, here's a run play. Uh, second and long, uh, just chuck it up." Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I think that if I were going to fix this, I would absolutely do what you said: get the ball to the players quickly, get them into space uh, in a way that isn't just Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson because that just makes it way too easy for opposing teams to key up on them. Where it's like, "Yeah, yeah, bracket Jacoby Myers," and then like. If you want Ramondre Stevenson to win this game through the air, by all means, go for it. <laughs> like, if, if so long as Myers is bracketed in the passing game, the Patriots aren't going to do anything through the air. And unless the Patriots are able to start involving these other players, which we know they can. We've seen Aguilar have a 100-yard game this year. We've seen Devontae Parker have a 100-yard game this year. We've seen Henry last year score touchdowns in eight games in a row. Like, unless the Patriots are, like, able to get their other players involved outside of Myers – this team is not going anywhere. And so they need to, have to do a deep assessment into why they're not able to draw plays for these other players, where those failures are. Um, and it's pretty apparent to me that there's just a, a lack of offensive creativity and lack of understanding in how to build an offensive scheme uh, with the offensive play caller. And, and I'm very willing to place the, the vast majority of the blame, not all of it, but the vast majority on the, of the blame on Matt Patricia, to a lesser extent, Joe Judge, and then also on Bill Belichick for for not being willing to step in.
0: So the Patriots are on a bye this week, Rich. They have a week off. Um, You know, the weird thing is the Patriots were white hot coming into their bye last week, last year, excuse me, and then they fizzled down the stretch. We're talking a lot of doom and gloom. Is this the kind of thing they can fix in a bye week and come back kind of rejuvenated and revamped or Are we being optimistic, thinking they're going to take this week off to reassess and come back with a better game plan?
1: Uh, I mean, I hope that they can. I hope that they can figure it out. Like, I I think that, uh, again, I'm not going to have a lot of hope in it because I I think traditionally what we see from Bill Belichick-led teams, traditionally what we see is the first four weeks of the season are rough. They are an extension of the preseason, and that is exactly what we saw here through the Packers game. But usually around that week four, you start having a little bit of hope in this Patriots team, which we did, where you're like, oh, OK, they're starting to figure out what their players can do. We're, we're getting a sense of like who is at their disposal. We're getting a sense of like what plays can succeed. It was roughly around that time where they're like, all right, we're going to we're going to scrap the uh, like the stretch zone runs. We're going to you know sh- pull the offense a little bit back um, and then, you know, starting against the Lions and Browns, obviously two of the worst uh, defenses in the entire league. You started to see, oh, okay, Jacoby Myers, he's back. He's uh, he's gonna start cooking a little bit. And then uh, against the Browns, you you started to see another you know really successful day from the Patriots offense. You saw the distribution of players. You know, Parker Smith, uh, you know, Henry Myers uh, and Stevenson all had over you know sixty yards from scrimmage. Uh, and it was just like, oh, this is the balanced offense. This is like what it really could be. And then uh, it's just been complete regression ever since on offense. And like, it's not Mac Jones's fault. Um, it, there's like so many other elements at play, but usually this is where you're like, okay, uh, they're building, they're informing their identity at this stage of the season. But this year, more than other years, it seems like there's no direction on offense. And it feels like there's no, uh, there's no path for them to, to figure it out right now. Like there, there's, they're just floundering so much on offense that, It's I I don't even see them using the bye week to do an assessment and be like, okay, well, like this has been working well the past three weeks. And so like, let's lean into this. It's just been such an abject failure on offense that I don't think they even have this, any successes to lean on.
0: We'll soon see, man. I mean, again, they have this week off, which is nice. Week 10 is the best bye week in my opinion. Weeks nine and 10 are the two best times to get that week off. It's much needed, came at the perfect time. They are five and four. Again, we're right where we thought they'd be. And then after that, they've got the Jets at home. Which is suddenly looking like a much less winnable game than we thought it would be, with the Jets beating the Bills somehow this past week. The Bills are zero and two in the division. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> and then they are on this prime time gauntlet with the Vikings, who I can't figure out for the life of me. And then that finally they play the Bills for the first time at home again in prime time. And then they are playing who the Cardinals, I believe, on Monday night, who yep. I can't figure out for the life of me. And they finish off that awful streak with a Raiders game, which is looking much more winnable all of a sudden, but it is in Vegas. That's a pretty rough stretch of games, not only from a, a opponent perspective, but just from a adjusting to the time changes and primetime games and coming in Monday morning, it's going to be a really interesting stretch of games. But maybe it'll be a total reverse of 2021 where the Patriots stunk post by Maybe they'll come back. It'll all be magically fixed. It has happened before. You never know. And like you said, Rich, the Patriots are right in the playoff hunt. It's not like their season's over by any capacity. AFC is an absolute disaster. The entire division, the entire conference, excuse me, is wide open. And if they can go maybe like four and four down the stretch, I think nine and eight might be enough to get the postseason in 2022.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I I completely agree with that. And like right now, who are they battling for playoff spots right now? It's uh, there's the Jets the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Bengals. The the Chargers are uh, doing their typical Charger thing where it's like they have a lot of talent but they are injured beyond like belief. And then you have the the Jets and the Dolphins which like the Patriots have games against. So if the Patriots can sweep the Jets then like that will go a long way for them being able to like secure that final spot. And like this is a hot Jets team like uh, in a way that like the Patriots can kind of feel a little bit disappointed about it. Like this Jets team uh, has won five of their last six with games wins against like the bills, the Packers and the dolphins, like they're doing pretty well. And then the Bengals uh, are starting to improve, although they just lost to the Browns two weeks ago. And like the Brown or the Bengals have a pretty tough stretch as well. So the, the Bengals have games at the Titans. They host the chiefs. They're at the bucks. They're at the Patriots. They host the bills. They host the Ravens. So like the Patriots have a very difficult closing stretch, but so do the other teams that they're competing with for the the final playoff spots. I completely agree. If they can go four and four, I think they'll be in a pretty good position, especially if they can beat the Jets so they get the season sweep. And if they can uh beat the Dolphins to at least split the season, then uh, you know, you look at this Dolphins team, uh, they're kind of up and down, they're figuring it out. They're really good when two is available. Um, but you know, they have games, uh, you know. Kind of a hit and miss rest of the season here, uh, but they have a lot of road games left. And so if, if the Patriots can go four and four, uh, I would say wins against the, the Jets, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals and Dolphins are all possible. Uh, I would expect them to get blown out by the Bills twice. And uh, this Vikings game does not look easy. But if the Patriots can win four of those games, I think they have a good chance of making it. If they win five of these, I think they're in the playoffs. Me too. And again, I think five is not
0: unreasonable. Again, I, I And maybe they pull one out against the Bills. I know Josh Allen is injured, something to monitor. Uh, you don't want to beat the Bills team to injured quarterback, but still that's kind of the way it works. And there's a chance that like the entire AFC playoff picture are all like AFC East teams, which you'd never expect it to happen because that was always the division that was the worst. Pat's had a cakewalk every year. But, I mean, I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to say that the AFC East is the best division in football right now, which is which is crazy to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And, like, the Patriots will have a a tough road to hoe uh, for the rest of year to make the playoffs. And if they make it, you know what? I mean, obviously they will have deserved to make it. Um, but I, I think that they just need to do some deep soul searching during this bye week, figure out how they can get players not named Jacoby and Ramondre involved on offense, figure out how to fix this offensive line. Uh, And if they're able to do that, if they're able to make this offense, which is currently a bottom 10 unit in the entire league, if you're able to make them play average, you know, if if they can put up 20, give me 23 points a game, give me 23 points. um, If they're able to do that, I think that they'll be able to pull it off. But right now, at this current point, this offense is so unreliable. They're, They're averaging fewer than 20 points a game over the past three weeks. This is not an offense that you can obviously contend with. Um, but if they can be average, this can be a team that can be frisky and then come, uh, you know, winter time in the playoffs, for whatever reason, uh, a, a great defense and a strong run game goes a pretty long way with at least getting through the, the wild card weekend.
0: It absolutely does. And I, again, I think that most people had a ceiling for the 2022 Patriots with like a divisional round loss wild scenario. They upset somebody and get blown out in the AC championship. I think that was always the season of uh, (laughs) ceiling for this team. No one has any Super Bowl aspirations for the Patriots in 2022, but that – dream scenario is still very much on the table because teams get hot in the playoffs all the time you never know all you got to do is make the dance this is a much more realistic expectation as a fan where you're not just kind of hanging out for a 12 and 4 first round bye season and like where do the patriots play the afs championship games at home or is it at indy or gillette or denver or wherever this is how how it works get in and hope for the best but a lot to go over in the bye week on the patriots side Uh, i'm looking forward to a weekend off rich you have any plans for your bye week you do anything fun
1: Oh, you know, uh, hopefully getting some sleep, hopefully, uh, not throwing my remote at the TV. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be fun to watch a couple games that might have some good offense involved. Uh, I don't know if, uh, what's really on the docket here, but like, if the Patriots aren't playing, uh, you got the Vikings-Bills game, which should be just off the walls. That should be so much fun. Somehow it's a 1 p.m. game. Uh, sneaky London great game. Geno Smith and the Seahawks on the road against Tom Brady and the Bucks, but, like, in London. So, like, that should be really, really fun. Uh, you have, uh, you know, later games. You got the kind of rising-ish commanders by like, the undefeated Eagles. Like, that is a game to watch if you want to watch good offense because the Eagles have the best offense. Uh, and so – There are some good games that you can be watching uh, when the Patriots aren't playing, Um, but honestly, you know, just root for the Vikings to beat the Bills, uh, root for the Browns to beat the Dolphins, and then, uh, you know, Patriots are just going to be riding out the, the bye week with the Jets.
0: I, for one, am psyched for a full week where I'm guaranteed not to see a Patriots turnover.
1: That's (laughs) (laughs) That's be- <laughs> <laughs> for the first time yeah. all year, uh, which is another shocking thing to consider that like this team has been so bad at it. Uh, the last game that they didn't turn the ball over, uh, week 17 against the Jaguars last year. Uh, it's been a very long go.
0: That is a horrible statistic. Uh, I can't end that podcast on that. I'll end on something good, Rich. At the end of the day, I'd rather be a Patriots fan than a Jaguars fan.. <laughs> <are terrible. laughs> There are so many worse teams in the NFL than the Patriots. And even if everything goes horribly wrong for the rest of the year, let's keep in mind most of this team is going to be intact coming into 2023 where the Patriots have a ton of cap space. So I still think long-term they're in really, really good shape. They're just going through a a little bit of a bumpy patch right now. I think they're going to figure it out and it's going to be fine. It seems to be a lot of fun to root for for the rest of this season and years beyond. It's just uh, it's always tough to watch things kind of grow and develop in real time.
1: Yeah, totally. And I I think that uh, another challenging piece is just like, we're not used to seeing, uh, you know, an average offense, which on an average offense is one that has like some good weeks and some bad weeks. And all we can hope for is like some development and growth, uh, which is part of what makes this year so frustrating, but it's not over yet. Uh, I I still have... um, maybe they can bring in Frank Reich uh, over from the the Colts who was just fired uh, just to give some offensive oversight to, you know, coach Patricia into how to draw up a, you know, a reasonable offense. Um, And like that's sad coming from the Colts based off of what the Patriots did there. Um, But what we, like there, there just has to be some addition on the offensive side of the ball for them to turn it around. That said, they're five and four. It's the bye week They have a, a tough rest of the schedule, but as we said, They could pull it off. This is a team that is not out. They can fix it. They've done it before. I'm excited. Like, I want to see Mac Jones where he comes from, you know, with such a tough slate of defenses. This is going to be a a make or break stretch for him. He can either rise to the occasion and keep the Patriots competitive or uh, he's going to the offense is just going to implode. And uh, that's why we watch the games. I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes, Alec, and I'm excited to break it down with you.
0: For sure, man. Enjoy your bye week. Looking forward to some sleep as well. And we'll be back uh, next Tuesday to break down week 11 and Patriots Jets part two. This time it's for real.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you Later.